0: Peter Ryan is the ABC senior business correspondent. Peter, has Qantas said anything post the High Court decision?
1: Well, good afternoon, Steve. It's been pretty remarkable because there were three key words that uh, I've noted about this, and it's... um, we sincerely apologise. And that's, uh, that's uh, you don't hear that type of language from Qantas uh, very often. And that really underscores the enormity of this uh, High Court loss, which is handed the Transport Workers Union a pretty unlikely uh, but hard fought victory. And, you know, we've seen more than a decade of industrial warfare. So, a very big day for the Transport Workers Union and the union movement, and you really just had to listen or watch the faces of those Qantas workers on the steps outside the High Court with this victory this afternoon to see the relief, but also the sign that's been such a a tough and a hard-fought struggle, uh, but they finally won and uh, Qantas has nowhere else to go. The Privy Council doesn't exist anymore. The High Court is the highest court in the land. They've had to apologise, regret, and say that they accept the decision.
0: So they apologised almost instantly, by the sound of it?
1: Yeah, as soon as this announcement hit, I uh, said sent a, uh, an email uh, to Qantas uh, Public Affairs, Corporate Affairs, to see if they had any comment and uh, whether or not they might be rolling someone out, like uh, Richard Goyder, the chairman, or the new chief executive, Vanessa Hudson. They're definitely not doing that, but um, they just uh, st- sticking with that statement, which I imagine they would have had that ready to go and probably another one ready to go if uh, the decision had come down on their side. So uh, a pretty brief, I think it was a three or four paragraph uh, statement Qantas sent out.
0: Peter, why did Qantas outsource the workers, the ground staff in the first place?
1: Or simply to uh, save money, I mean, and also you've got the, the, uh, the, the pandemic, which no one could predict, but clearly the pandemic and the impact of the pandemic that really was taking Qantas to the wall um, was a very serious crisis. Qantas had to deal with that. They had to restructure, uh, but also it was seen, according to uh, the Transport Workers Union and other unions inside Qantas, as an opportunity for Alan Joyce and the Qantas board to actually do what they had been planning to do well before the pandemic. And that was the the outsourcing of those ground staff, the baggage handlers, uh, the the ground crew, etc. And in uh, late 2020, they did exactly that. And they outsourced them to these um, independent uh, private contractors. And some of these workers had been with Qantas for 20, 30 years. They'd been with them right out of high school. They'd worked nowhere else but suddenly cut loose from the Qantas family to an outsource company and that Qantas family was broken up and you can imagine that adding that to the top of the stress from the pandemic and concerns about being cut away from the family you'd always worked with uh, clearly, uh, Qantas had to make very hard decisions. They said that it was a commercial reality that they had to deal with, but the high courts uh, ruled in favour of the Transport Workers' Union and sticking with uh, an original ruling of the of the federal court that uh, this was probably uh, unlawful. And, of course, that had actually gone to the top of the federal court, which is why Qantas appealed it today. So one, a pretty high-stakes um, high move by Qantas, but it hasn't come down in their favour.
0: One of my listeners pointed out that Qantas was given m- m- millions, if not billions of dollars of job keeper to keep people employed. Hmm. Uh, did, did the High Court happen to a, I, I guess it's not really in their decision, is it, but it, it is an interesting contrast that they were yeah. given that money to keep people employed, but they were sacking people or outsourcing them to try and to do the opposite despite taking the money.
1: Yeah, there was about $900 million in JobKeeper and other support that uh, added up to $2.7 billion that went to Qantas to support Qantas and Qantas staff. And one of the issues that the TWU has had and other unions have had, that because that JobKeeper and other support was structured at a time of national emergency, that when Treasury was developing this, there was no clawback mechanism within that support. And, uh, of course, Qantas... uh, and other companies, to be fair, were saying that they didn't have to hand that back. There was no requirement to hand it back. Um, Qantas hasn't handed back any of it. Alan Joyce, uh, the former chief executive, made the point that Qantas actually provided services during the pandemic, such as repatriation flights, and, uh, and also, perhaps cheekily in hindsight, saying that Qantas would be paying future corporate tax well. The pressure's now on the Qantas board to take a look, a very hard look at that JobKeeper money. Um, There have been very strong suggestions at part of the Qantas reputational rebuild that they might hand back part maybe even all of that uh, JobKeeper just to start getting back on side with the general public, the federal government, uh, staff. Um, But there's a real issue here, Steve, about Qantas, not just its reputation, but also its uh, social licence. Has that been eroded to the point where it's not able to be recovered, which means that the, the challenge for Vanessa Hudson, who's now the new Qantas Chief Executive, is to rebuild that reputation, which is going to be
0: incredibly difficult. I, I feel somewhat for Vanessa Hudson, the new boss of Qantas, because she's now got a wheelbarrow load of problems and headaches that were really, you know, that well, the, were, were, were created when Alan Joyce was at the, uh, at the helm of Qantas. I realised that she was there as well, but, you know, he, he was the, very clearly the final decision-maker, but she now has to clean up the mess that he left.
1: Well, she's the decision-maker as the chief executive, but she was there, as you mentioned, alongside Alan Joyce for a lot of this. So They knew what was coming. They knew the risks that they were taking. um, And they had to make some very, very hard decisions. I mean, Qantas was not that far away from insolvency at the height of the pandemic. But I think the bigger questions relate to the board of Qantas and Chairman Richard Goiter, because boards are there to provide oversight on risk and reputation and those board members to sit around the boardroom and to ask the hard questions and put the pressure on uh, the Chief Executive, actually Alan Joyce as the Managing Director sitting at the top of the table or near near the Chairman, asking those hard questions about how hard are we pushing this? What are the risks of doing this? What are we doing to sort out these issues about flight delays or missing baggage? And and so there are questions about when did the Qantas board become aware, for example, of the ACCC's investigation into the fares with no flights allegations? Were decisions made about Alan Joyce's bonuses with that information available? So there's a very big push by big investors represented by the Australian Shareholders Association, the Council of Superannuation Investors, who want the Qantas board to act in the best interests of the company, not just shareholders, but also to take a look as to whether it's appropriate that given what's going on at the moment that Alan Joyce gets that golden parachute, which could equate to uh, $24 million. So some big questions there, a lot of pressure on the Qantas board.
0: The union, the Transport Workers Union, is calling for board chairman Richard Goiter and some of his colleagues to go. Is there any noise or indications in that direction? Well,
1: there's certainly noise behind the scenes for that to happen, but you have to remember there are two key things that are coming up. One is the release of the Qantas annual report. That's meant to be coming out over the next week or so. Uh, I have no idea when exactly it's going to be hitting, but that will um, outline the remuneration report. I'll be doing a quick Control-F when that document (laughs) hits from the Stock Exchange for remuneration to see um, what... Alan Joyce finally gets and also other top executives what they're awarded and then after that you have the Qantas annual general meeting in November. Now in good times annual general meetings are, are pretty good affairs and they they move pretty pretty quietly but I think a lot of uh, investors, the big ones, but also uh, regular retail investors, very concerned about where their company is going, how it's going to turn its image around. And I think we can expect probably a high degree of anger and questions there about, how, about the way the board has operated. And you, you would imagine there could be a very, very strong message sent to the Qantas board at that annual general meeting.
0: The board and the company is not publicly owned Australians don't own Qantas. It's a private company. Their one job is to make profit. So what's happened to Qantas's share price following today's High Court decision?
1: Well, today um, Qantas shares down around about uh, 0.2% at $5.57 a share. I should note that the um, overall market was down much more, around about three quarters of 1% today. But I think that um, I think that Qantas investors have probably been watching this very closely. There may well have been a bit of relief that there's, there's at last some certainty on that High Court decision that that's out of the way. And then Qantas has to concentrate on uh, defending those um, alleged breaches from the C and turning the airline's reputation Around so there may well have been a bit of a relief that you know at least the high court matters out of the way. But um, okay. it's going to be a bit of a rough rough road. And you'll note that I haven't used any um, airline jargon such as turbulence <laughs> yet. But there's probably Thank going you. to be
0: more of it. Thank <laughs> you, Peter. Appreciate that. Thank you very much, Peter Ryan. Okay, Steve. ABC senior business correspondent Peter Ryan, who mercifully doesn't use any twee alliterations or puns in his stories. <laughs> ABC Radio Brisbane Traffic.